you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in under 45 minutes <laughs> uh, every single week. And we just had a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl in terms of the Bravo world and Bravo episodes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you've been living under a rock, but we are talking about that Potomac episode where Candace and Monique throw down. We've been hearing a lot about it for months now. We've seen a little leaked footage and it's here. And we're I'm so excited to break it down with you, Abby. I think the most exciting and surprising part for me was the fight was really 10 minutes of the entire episode, which had so many other things in it. Like I keep telling people, I felt like I watched four seasons of Beverly Hills in one episode of Potomac. Like there were just so many different storylines and so many things happening. There's so much to break down, but like we all went into it being like, oh my gosh, the fight, the fight. And then I felt like the fight ended and I was like, wait a minute, like this is not living up to the hype. I heard this was going to be an incredible episode and it was incredible, but it was so much more than what we thought it was going to be. But I think we should start with the fight. So I mean, be honest. How many times have you watched the fight in slow motion? I think I'm in the hundreds. This is my favorite part about this. And you listening, you are our people. So (laughs) you probably have rewatched the fight a million times. But I like that everyone, especially our Bravo um, Instagram friends, has I've broken down this fight in a million different ways, spliced it and diced it so we can all watch it. I feel like every time I've watched it, I see something new. And I've watched it a million times. No one agrees either. Some people are like, well, Robin kind of started the fight because she she didn't I, – I, in my mind, I'm also – I love Robin, so I'm going to defend her a little bit here. I think when she pushed Monique, she was trying to separate them because she saw what was happening. Oh, I think it was I, – was it Giselle that pushed Monique? Well, it looked like it was Robin's based on the outfit. Oh, okay. Like Robin's arm, but maybe Giselle did too. So – but I think they were trying to separate them, but Monique was so mad. I think she actually thought it was Candace that pushed her, and that's what started it. But Candace then did push, but, like, I feel like the hair thing was already – Yes. So it, it sounds a- like the hair flip was first. Yes. From what we've seen. So we can all agree on that. The hair flip was first. And based on um, our friend Eliza, if you check out her Instagram account, FaceReality16, she's done a couple. She has a slow motion version of the fight and then a more <laughs> quick <laughs> the in time. You need both versions, everyone. Real motion of the fight. But in her 
play-by-play, it looks like we didn't realize that Candace pushed first. Yeah. I I didn't know. It really does. But I think it was – she was triggered. I think – I mean, the hair flipping – so Monique is, like, flipping Candace's hair. And that is not helping the situation. And I think she does push her, like, get off of me. And then Monique just grabs her hair. And the look on Monique's face, like, I mean, like, she's grabbing her hair. She's pulling her really hard. It looks like Candace's head, like, might hit the the table a few times. And then she does start punching her or hitting her. I mean, she's trying to hit her head. Then they kind of get – production comes in. The other women are separating them. But Monique will not – let go of Candace's hair. I mean, it was like, I all these people could not get her to let go of that grip. <laughs> no, it was she, intense. She wanted blood. I, Eliza, our friend Faced Reality, says she had a T'Challa grip yeah. on that hair, which made me laugh. Because she did. I, I think the shocking part to me about that fight, and we're going to continue to describe it further, but I was surprised by how long she held that hair. I was not anticipating that. Oh, Liza broke that down too. So did Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo. Go to that account. They put it like they have a timestamp on it. She held it for a very, very long time. And what was scary is she was telling everyone to get off of her. I don't think because she was going to let go. I think she wanted to keep fighting. She was like, get off of me so I can beat the shit out of Candace. Like it was just not. So they finally break them apart. Candace's hair. She actually reminded me, I like get really, really bad bedhead if I've like teased my hair and like done, like really done it up. It reminded me of like back in the day one time I shacked uh, at a fraternity that was near my sorority house and I needed to walk home and I had like teased and done my hair up so much that like it formed this big like rat's nest on the side and I couldn't get it to go down. So I had to just do the walk of shame looking like Candace's hair. That's amazing. Also reminds me because we have kids of Anna and Frozen. Oh, <laughs> when she wakes up. I was going to like relive my glory days of when I like by shacking people. Like you all know my biggest regret is not being a bigger slut. So like literally I think I like made out and that was it. So, but yeah, I, I like that I thought of shacking and you thought of frozen. This is why this is mom talk. This is what moms <laughs> do. But so they finally break them up and I'm still like, what the hell is happening? So they take Monique and they put her in another room. I mean, producer of the year, we we saw him intervene with Ashley and Michael, and he's he's got her in a room, like the door's locked. He's trying to like calm her down. She's bleeding. Karen wants to talk to her. They're like, no, Karen can't talk to her. And all of a sudden, she takes off down these back steps and tries to go after Candace again. And luckily, yes. Candace has already left. But that was the moment where I was like, okay, Monique, this wasn't just because she was like, I blacked out. I didn't know what happened. You've already calmed down and you still want to go back out and go for blood. And that is why I don't want to say I'm team Candace. I'm team no one. But that's why I'm siding with Candace in this fight. It, that that moment. I I mean, in the producer, he didn't stop her. He probably was scared he was going to get slapped. But yeah. I, I had that subtitle where they have it where she says, I'm going to go around. And then she runs down those stairs. And I was shocked that she ran. Not like not only did she go down the stairs to try to find Candace, sprinting, but started running. Like she was ready to kill a bitch. Like she was ready no. to get. I mean, I was not expecting that. Those were the two. But that was the biggest surprise for me with the fight was the fact that she ran and how long she held the, her hair. Yeah, those were the two biggest takeaways. And like, 
I think the other thing for me, too, is I kept wondering, what if they hadn't gotten Candace out of there? I think the fight could have been so, like, the second, there would have been a second fight. And I honestly think it would have been so ugly. (laughs) I think Monique might have had charges pressed against her if she would have been able to get her a second time. Because Candace was still... I think trying to like calm down and like internalize what was happening. And Monique was just thinking, I, like you said, I want to kill a bitch. I want to get her. And I like, I don't know that part to me. I was just like, Monique, what is wrong with you? You are a mother of three and this is the way you're behaving and you won't let it go. Like I just, and everyone's asking us, there's gotta be something else going on that we don't know. And I think it might just be something personal with Monique because the next day, Chris basically says to her, I'm embarrassed. And he doesn't say I'm embarrassed by you. He just says, I'm embarrassed it got physical. I like Candace and I like Chris, her husband. And everyone's like, you know what? If this was all about the cheating rumors, he wouldn't have said I like both of them. There's something else going on. Yes. And Taria um, from Whatever is Going On podcast like brought that up. And I, my mind was blown when she mentioned that because I was like, you're right. Chris isn't bothered by this. What else is going on? Like what else is happening here? For her to go off like that, yes, let's let's backpedal just a smidge. She did, Candace. I mean, I guess maybe took some money from Monique in the sense that she backed out and they had to reprint stuff. Which I mean, I'm sure <laughs> that two hundred thousand dollars that she's been spending yeah, is not mean- that much, but she did that. Um, the cheating rumors, if you think about it, other than we know it's she's pissed and she's mentioned it in her confessional. Has Candace actually said anything to her? The only or person she- who said anything was really Giselle in an interview. So that part is kind of interesting too. And I think that adds to what you're saying, like there's definitely more to it for you to kind of go off on someone like that. There has to be. Um, it doesn't make sense otherwise. To want to want to physically harm someone so much that you go down a back stairwell and you are running outside of a barn. Um, but I did see a post, and now I'm forgetting who said it. I'm sorry, it's mom braid. I'll make sure I'll find it and I put it in our stories. But someone goes, at the end of the day, we should all blame Jamal because if Jamal never cheated, Giselle would have never wrote the book. She would have never won the literary award and she would have never had the party at the barn. And I just, I love that, that thought process. And I love that. It's like, you know, let's blame that shithead Jamal. Let's not, let's not put it on Monique or Candace. Let's um, blame. Yes. And I blame heard Jamal. That's, that's amazing. I have not seen that or heard that, but that is brilliant. Let's definitely blame Jamal. Yeah. I, okay. So in terms of which side I'm on, ugh, so before going into it, I was kind of on Monique's side a little bit because I do think Candace likes to chirp a lot and does yes. kind of like to push a lot of buttons and kind of, she kind of has a lot of empty threats in a way. Like she likes to say a lot of things, but isn't going to follow through by harming you. Although she has pulled out a butter knife before. So <laughs> and she really harmed her table there. Yes, And in this fight, she did have one. Of, if you watch one of these play by plays, she had a glass of broken glass of wine. Like she was kind of going at Monique with a broken glass. Yeah. So uh, Candace is not a hundred percent innocent. I think no. like I agree with you in the sense that she Monique to me is a bit more at fault because one she pulled her hair as long as she did and she went after her. 
really team no one. <laughs> no one's really a I know, winner no here. One's winning. Yeah. No one's really a winner here. It's just I it was unbelievable. It kind of brought me back to the Danielle Marge fight. In terms of, you know, that there was really no, I mean, no one likes Danielle. So everyone easily sided against Danielle. But, you know, Marge, you could argue, was provoking Danielle in that situation as well. So it's a lot of layers. There's there's so many layers. I think I love, too, that Ashley has gone to the bathroom and she comes, walks back into the barn to the aftermath of broken wine glasses, Candace's hair a mess, Monique gone, people in shock, production is all out there. Like, could you imagine just like having to go to the bathroom and then just missing all of that? Like I couldn't, like my brain, it would take me a while to process like what happened in a four or five minute span. And her facial reaction was the yeah. best part of that. Like she, she, she the was best shocked. Face. But how could she have not heard it in the bathroom? I would have think that barn isn't, like, that insulated. You would think she'd be able to hear well, it. Well, I wondered if, like, because it looked like there were multiple little, like, mini barns next to the big barn. Do you think the bathroom was maybe at another barn? That would make sense. Because if I would make She was gone a while. Yeah. If I would have heard something, I would have, like, ran out of the bathroom, like, mid-pee and would have been like, what's going like, on? I would have had, like, pants down, like, what is happening? Like, yes. waddling out there with, like, my, you know, pants around my knees. I would have been the exact same way. So, like, I mean, we're watching this and we're thinking, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is nuts. What's going to happen next? And I think all of us pretty much thought after commercial break, the next piece of it was going to be everyone dissecting the fight, talking about it. That's not really what happens. We kind of jump to Ashley. You know, she's like the next day she's giving Dean a bottle. Michael comes home and they start talking. And I have to say, this has been the season for Ashley. I feel like everyone thought it was going to be about Michael cheating and her sticking with him. And we're really seeing her strength and seeing her stand up for herself. So she agrees. There's a post, a prenup. She talked a little bit about the details of it. And she says to him, since you've cheated, I want a little more reassurance that me and Dean are going to be okay. And I want to post up. And he agrees to it. But I I love that she stood firm on it and was like, this is what I want to do while casually taking a sip of his beer. She is so strong. Like, we've seen this from her. And it's crazy. She's pretty savage. Like, low-key. Like, low-key yeah. savage. Like, I mean, what's up moving with Sharon Stone? Where she, the legs open. Oh, I, basic instincts. Basic, yeah. <laughs> She's have like, you seen it? I I don't think I've seen it actually, but I, I know that iconic yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and someone's gonna DM me and be like, "That's nothing like this at all." But yeah. in my mind, Ashley's That's, kind of like. Yeah. You know, well, she's like ordering appetizers, like no big deal. While she's about to talk to her husband about the way he like betrayed their marriage, like that to me, I'm like, wow. And she couldn't be more relieved at the fact that the fight took away attention from her marriage. Yeah, oh, and she owns that. She's like, this fight now, no one cares about Michael, which gives them the opportunity to actually talk about it. I think it there's not the pressure. Like, yes, she knows there's filming, but the gossip blogs at this point now, and we saw it play out. Everyone is talking about the fight. Everyone knew about it. It was all over social media. It was kind of like Michael who. So I I just love that she's standing up for herself and she, whether she's marrying him for his money or not, she's basically like, look, I'm going to make sure I'm well taken care of. And I, I applaud her. Yeah. Secure that check, honey. Secure that check. Get that money. So we have this moment. We have like, okay, we have a 
kind of a bad moment for for women when you see that I hate when women fight. I just don't like the idea that like women are catty and can't get along. But then we have like a female empowerment move because it's like Ashley's just grabbing Michael by the balls and it's like you're not going to get away with this shit anymore. And then we go to like a really intense moment between Ray and Karen where they're having a life coach therapist come in and talk to them. And Ray admits that he's really not sure if he's in love with her anymore. That's got to be gut-wrenching to hear your husband say that. The hot mic moment with Karen right after that discussion was done, my heart like broke for her so much. Like she sounded like she was having like a panic attack. I, it was like production was comforting her almost. Yeah. She's she like, can you get help me get this off? Like she was trying to take off a jacket or her sweater. And I don't – I just – that was really hard to see and hear. That was really hard to watch. And it's something that happens in marriages. I mean, it was a very honest and real moment. I thankfully haven't dealt that in my marriage. But marriage is a hard thing and you have to continue to date each other and – to keep things interesting. And I'm sure, you know, I've heard this happen with empty nesters. I'm not one, obviously. I'm at the beginning of that, but I could understand how your life is your children for so long and then they're gone. Then Karen's, you know, trying to be the grand dame. She's a pin on Potomac. She's starting to have a little bit more of an identity for herself. And it's kind of like they've lost touch. It was just made me really sad. I love Karen. So I'm I we made a meme and I'm like we're in love with you Karen. Yeah. I mean hopefully they've worked it out but it takes I give them credit for being that vulnerable and audience um vulnerable and honest on TV. It's I mean it's hard enough to say that in general like in the privacy of your own home let alone in front of cameras. I completely agree. I also give Ray credit. I mean I I think it he doesn't fully talk about his feelings, but you can tell he feels like he the person he married and loved isn't the person he has today. That happens in any marriage, like you said. But I mean, for both of them to really just open up and I, like the one part that stuck out to me, and I see both sides of the story, but I've obviously more side with Karen. But he said, you know, when the kids were little, she was always making dinners and, you know, taking care of everyone. And the kids leave and now that stops. And, you know, she never cooks a meal. And for her, I'm sure Karen's like, look, I've been taking care of people for 18 plus years. Mama wants a break. But I guess it's kind of like a nice reminder to all of us. Like, you post about this too, that story about make the chili type of thing. Like, don't forget to do little things for your husband or significant other because the little things add up to big things and this is how they got to where they were it was just i don't know that i for me i was like wow like i could see how easy it would be to kind of have that separation once the kids leave um, and not even realize it till it's too late yeah so i'm glad they're working on it and hopefully we'll see it evolve in a good way yes but that was not our only hot mic moment <laughs> so then Giselle's off to Atlanta because they're opening up their restaurant because that's just what any normal parents do is they buy their children restaurants. Uh, She meets with her dad and basically kind of tells him, look, Ray and I are not Ray. (laughs) Jamal. God, that'd be crazy. That would be crazy. Plot twist. (laughs) Uh, That would I would die if that actually happened. So she tells her dad, look, you know. Jamal and I are back together. Uh, And she was obviously hesitant to tell her dad because, as we saw production ask her, 
Jamal has numerous baby mamas. She said she would not comment on how many because it is not in her place to talk about other children and other children's moms. That was a classy response. Yeah. I mean, I was like, golf clap. Like, bravo. I loved that response. And it kind of gave a little shade back to production. Like, look, you're going to ask me this and I'm not going to give you what you want. Her dad appears to be fine with it. Says he's going to walk her down the aisle again, has her full support. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how sweet. What a great dad. Yeah, but in my head, I'm also like, you're not the slightest bit worried. Like, this man has done some shit to your daughter. Uh, but then we get to the dinner and the girls are having to I, – you, I felt so bad for these girls. They're like, you buy us a restaurant and now you're having us bust tables and run – like, I think they just thought, like, their name was going to be on the door and they weren't going to have to do anything. Well, and I, I still – I don't know that they're really going to end up doing anything. And there's other ways to teach your kids to be responsible. You just make them get a job. Like, there's other ways to do this without buying a restaurant. Giselle was, like, applauding them like they're young entrepreneurs. I'm like, no, it's not like they started their own business from making, like, friendship bracelets and now they're going global. They – their dad literally bought them a restaurant. Like, I'm not trying to, like – I'm not downplaying, like, I'm sure they're very smart young women. But I don't think we're going to call them entrepreneurs because their dad bought them a restaurant and is forcing them to own it. Like, it was just the whole conversation. But the girls leave uh, to go back and work, and Giselle's dad steps away, and I think he forgets he's mic'd and turns to production and was like, like, basically, get me out of here. I can't stand that man. And he goes, he has six or seven baby mamas. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He basically said what we were all thinking, though. I mean, I was I completely I was agree surprised, and I think didn't he leave? Kind of. I mean, it might have been how it was edited, but I felt like they were, they weren't even done with dinner when he got up. Like I thought the girls were like eating dessert, and he just got up and then left. <laughs> he made it seem like yeah, he was just like going to go to the bathroom. Yes. You know, no, but like I'm coming back. Like I think they were still mid meal. It wasn't like he said goodbye. He was like, I'm gonna, you know, I'll be right back, and then turns. I think he was just like, get me out of here. Karen though tweeted, and I. I agree with her. I mean, she's obviously throwing shade. She's not going to take any – she's not going to miss any opportunity to to knock Giselle down. But it was like, you know, your dad comes with – you know, has a lot of wisdom and is speaking from the heart. You should listen to him. And based on what we know, Jamal and Giselle are still together. I'm dying to know what her dad th- – I hope they ask her at the reunion. You know, they, what- they asked her on that Bravo chat show. The Bravo oh, chat. Say? I well, I don't have the answer, but they oh. did ask her on the first <laughs> episode. So, quick pivot. But the Bravo chat is a new show from Bravo that's after Watch What Happens Live, and it's with Giselle, Portia, Hannah, and Kate Chessing. And basically, the format of the show reminds me of a lot of like kind of our show and other podcasts that you may listen to where they kind of recap big moments, talk about big pop culture things. But one of the moments they had discussed was the her dad, her reaction to her dad being hot mic'd. I need to go back and watch it. So once we find it, we'll share it. Uh, but when I recorded it, it was it didn't record the whole episode. It recorded from when That's I started to watch. happening to me more and more with Bravo shows. I don't know what's going on. It like is messing up my DVRs as well. I watched a little bit of the Bravo chat and I – that's what it's called, right? Bravo yeah. chat room. Mm-hmm. The Bravo, yeah. I didn't love it. You and I were talking about this before. Record. I just felt like there wasn't the chemistry. They haven't figured out who 
who does what and where everyone fits. I think you and I were both saying like Portia is doing a great job. Hannah's trying too hard. Giselle's like, what, the, where, how the hell do I fit with these personalities? And I feel like we're not getting the Giselle I wanted. And then Kate just has resting bitch face all the time. Yeah. It, I like the idea of it. I just think, like you said, it's a little more challenging not being together and who knows like what kind of relationships these women had prior. And it's already hard enough to connect with people during a pandemic, let alone <laughs> over a computer screen. It, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of lacking a little chemistry. I like the idea and maybe they'll warm up and find their stride, but it's definitely a work in progress. That's a very nice way of putting it. Work in progress. We'll let you know when we think it's ready for everyone to watch. I mean, it's not something we're going to critique because it's literally just them reviewing the Bravo show. So we're not going to do like a review of a review, but we'll let you know when we get better. I like the idea that it's four female voices, that they have two women of color. Like, I think it's it's a great idea in theory. Just wish they could all be together. But um, to pivot back to Potomac, we see in the previews for next week that Karen's going to have all the women over to basically just tell Monique how they felt about the fight. I think they're thinking she's going to maybe apologize or give her a chance to kind of tell her side of the story. It doesn't seem like she's too remorseful. But uh, one piece of it that we know will be discussed that we've seen in trailers is the fact that there is the stereotype that you know, black women are angry and crazy and fly off the handle. And, you know, that moment didn't does not help the stereotype at all. And uh, I I think it's something that we're we're seeing more and more of in reality TV where black women are just so much more aware of how they have to behave to make sure they're not perpetuating that stereotype. We saw, I saw it on Big Brother with Davon and Bailey and their fight with Christmas. If you watch Big Brother, you know what I'm talking about. But I guess for me, it's just like my eyes are being so much more open to things. And I know it's a white privilege I had before that I didn't know this, but I never think when I get angry or mad, like, oh, I have to be really careful because I don't want someone to think I'm like the crazy white girl. And I just, I think there's just so much more pressure on black women to be hyper aware of the way they react to every little thing. And I, I just imagine that comes with a lot of stress and a lot of weight and burden to just have to be that hyper aware. Absolutely. And I think we've been lucky that we have such a great audience. Thank you, listeners. You are all amazing that we haven't had responses from people who are like, oh my gosh, that was so ghetto or like any comments like that. And if you hear anyone making those comments regarding those fights, I would encourage you to kind of take a moment and be like, why are you saying, why are you using those words? I mean, Danielle and Marge, we talk about there's, this isn't the first hair pull fight. And if you're not referring to that situation, ghetto, like let's, let's take a step back here and pull the layers of why you're saying that. Again, our listeners and our, um, the audience that we have, everyone's been very great and no one's said that, but I know there's been chatter about that across other Bravo accounts, but Absolutely. I think as women of color, we have to be mindful of what we look like and what we do. And um, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, And so I think we're going to see that serious talk play out. I think these are conversations, you know, we're having it right now. You know, you being a woman of color, me being white, not being aware of this. uh, It's something I think now, like we can have conversations about, like if I, 
see someone get really upset and I know they're a woman of color and I can see them fighting something back, maybe remove them from the situation and be like, I can see you fighting back your real emotions. Let me know how you're really feeling. Like you can talk to me and it's, and I'm not going to judge you and I'm not going to say you're being a crazy black woman Uh, and letting people get that out. It can't be good to hold that in, but also feel like I have to be so aware of how I react. And it's something that you guys know we love Moni from Mixing with Moni that she's going to discuss on her podcast this week. So hopefully you're all listening to her. But if you're not, I highly recommend that you listen to her upcoming episode. Thousand percent. I'm nervous that, for next week. I I I was nervous for this week because of all the like the hype. I wasn't nervous like I wasn't nervous that it wasn't going to live up because I knew it would based on what certain people were tweeting and saying, I was nervous, like emotionally <laughs> preparing for it. Uh, but I, I'm more nervous for next week because the aftermath of something like this is more uncomfortable to discuss and listen to than actually watching the fight, in my opinion. I saw this and I have no idea if there's any validity to it. But I think Ryan Bailey shared something um, that he found. Anyhow, that allegedly that Monique after that fight doesn't go on any of the trips, like kind of stops filming with the women as a group. But I don't know if there's any truth to that. I'm very curious now to see if that's what happens. So we will see. Well, with that, it brings us to our shout out. And um, this week's shout out is a special shout out for any first time moms. I listened to Vanessa's podcast interview with Abby from Mimosas with Moms. And you share so openly and so bravely your experience with a NICU being, you know, have a NICU mom now, the club that's tough to join. And But you said, you know, I feel so bad for first time moms during this pandemic. And it just made me think about all these, you know, women last year finding out they were pregnant and maybe envisioning a full, you know, ro- visitor room and having, you know, grandma and grandpa over and I don't know. I just, I feel so bad for all these first time moms. So our shout out is to you because we know this isn't what you envisioned when you dreamt of, you know, first becoming a mother, but also just the fact that there's so many more things you have to think about. Is it okay to have visitors? I'm sure you have a lot of close friends that want to see your baby and it's like, oh, you can't hold him or her, but maybe you could come and stay six feet or you can come in our backyard. And it, it truly takes a village. And I just think back to like those early weeks and I had my mother-in-law come while I napped and she folded my laundry and held the baby and like to not have that as a first time mom. I just feel like, so I just feel like it'd be so hard. So my love and support and our shout out to all you first time moms. Yes. And it's even more challenging too. like, think about, um, Abby and I talked about this postpartum care during a pandemic or all like I mean, mental health, I think, is going to be a thing that's going to be discussed in books, if not sooner, of the ramifications of being isolating and not getting um, the support you need. And postpartum care is not that great already. So if you are a first-time mom and you are feeling, you know, we hear it called the baby blues, but you're feeling um, a bit more than that, trust your gut and what you feel. You've heard me say this once before, but reach out to someone. Don't suffer in silence. I think as moms and as women, for some odd reason, we like to we like to um, take more than we can chew. And as if it's like, as if it's bad to look weak and it's not, you're not weak. It, you're, if you're vulnerable and you're having a hard time, it's because it is hard and it does take a village, like Abby said. So don't hesitate to reach out to someone. 
and DM us. I mean, I know it seems silly. We have so many internet friends. That's what we call people who like we feel like we've we know, but we've never met you in person. If you're a first time mom, you're feeling isolated alone and you're like, I just want someone to message us back. DM us. We message every single person back. We don't unless you say something terrible, then we block you and delete you. But <laughs> say if you're nice and you're just like, I'm a first time mom and I, I'm I'm feeling alone and I just I wanted someone to connect with. What do you guys think about the upcoming season of OC or whatever? Just send us a DM. We will absolutely message you back. And we'll probably tell you more than you want to know. So <laughs> reach out to us. We're here to support you. Uh, but with that, uh, if you're not following us on Instagram, please do so. Slide into our DMs. We literally respond to every single DM. So if you're wondering, oh, is it weird? No, we love it. Talk to us. Follow us on Real Moms of Bravo. Make sure you're subscribed to us anywhere where you podcast, where you're listening to this right now. And just take that extra second. Hit five stars. We are so close to getting our five-star review back. We would be thrilled if we had that back in the next couple of weeks. Hit five stars. If you have extra time, leave us a great review. It means the world to us. It really does matter. I know every podcaster says this, but it truly does matter. So thank you guys so much for following along and listening to us. And with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.